AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. This episode concludes part two from last week's episode. I have so many new stories to share with you all. So please make sure if you love what you hear to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to support the podcast by signing up for the Patreon account in the show notes below. You'll be able to meet the guests, watch some behind-the-scenes videos, and so many other goodies. Also, don't forget to show YouTube page some love and subscribe as well. And before I leave, there are new PHG shirts in a tie-dye colorway. These shirts are just beyond beautiful. So also visit that link in the show notes below. And I really do hope that y'all enjoyed this week's episode. Thank y'all so much for holding me down and not up. And as always, enjoy. Later. Welcome. You are now listening to... The professional Professional.
homegirls. It's the kid Ebene from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five-star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the professional homegirl and at the PhD podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous. So let's begin this week's episode you say was a turning point that made you want to start your road to recovery? I know we're jumping around, but... Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I always say I didn't want to do nothing. So I moved to <laughs> baby. You know, because for an addict, and I, I'm honest, be honest to tell you is that uh, if it was left to me, I'd probably still be getting high. Uh, but really? I, you didn't, yeah. You didn't, really, yeah. you didn't think that you, you didn't realize you was an addict during that time? Oh, I knew I was sick as crazy, but I didn't know how to stop. I can remember one time in St. Louis, and this has been years ago when they first started having them commercials that says, uh, is your brain on fire? Or what is that? Were your brain sizzling from drugs? Or you oh, they put the eggs in the skillet, right? Yeah, yeah. So I used to say, I'm going to call them people. <laughs> but when I came to Houston, you know, I... I um, I said I wanted to be with my sister, and I lived with my sister, and I got an apartment. And but my disease came with me, and so this is so funny. I made another big money hang when I got here. Listen, you with a big money hang, child. <laughs> I, girl, I met him, and his name was Chicago from Chicago, mm. uh, and he's no longer with us. But he was another one that that took care of me, and didn't know my disease had was as bad as it was, and so I. I think I wrote in the book, I know I did, that when my disease, when I was here in Houston, my disease had gotten so bad that when I, 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 I was so smart, Ma, I taught myself how to cook cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so when I did, though, I smelt smoke. This is, this is the wildest thing. When I got high, I smelt smoke, mm-hmm. right? And so every time I got high, I would pull all the clothes off of my, hangers and pour water on them because mm. I always thought the closet was on fire and this is no lie uh, and so one time my nieces came down to the house and saw the condition of my house and how crazy I looked even though I thought I looked good with two pair of pants on go figure yeah because you were saying how you was wearing like double or triple what? Yeah. Yeah. like see how skinny I was I ain't the only one girl trust me ask another addict they'll tell you and mm-hmm. um they went and told my sister, and my sister called me to the house, which was down the street from where my apartment was. And then she said, uh, I'm taking you to my job. Now, my sister was a drug counselor. Mm-hmm. And I always felt how embarrassing that had to be for her. But because she loved me, she didn't care. But mm-hmm. she took me to the, she said, I'm a, you going tomorrow, and we're going to get a drug test. Well, of course, I went back to the house and got high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next day, she took me to her treatment center where she was a methadone, worked at a methadone clinic. And, of course, it came out that I was had cocaine in my system. 
And of course, I'm lying saying, I, I ain't got high in such and such a period of time. And, and then she just looked at me. She, had this, she, she has this way of looking at you like, okay, idiot. And then I remember hitting the floor crying like I was two years old. And she just calmly said, if you don't get your butt up, she said, Mama's, mm. not, mama's not here anymore. It's my job to take care of you. You're going to get some help. Mm. And I just kind of got up and said, okay. And they took me to the shoulders the next day in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying I've always, and when you mentioned that, I have always been the best because when Chicago found out that I was in the predicament I was in, which he didn't know it was that bad, he gave my sister or somebody a couple of hundred dollars to buy me anything I needed in the treatment center. And that was June 16th of 93. And I went into the shoulders. And at that day, at that time, I think it was a seven day detox program. And after seven days, they came and got me. And I, I knew after the first night that I would never get high again, though. How was that detox program? Like, is it what we see in, like, no. movies and stuff? Mm-hmm. No. All you do is sleep. Mm. Sleep. I slept for probably three days because mm. I was so tired. So, because you got to think, most addicts that are, we're either, we're either using or going to get something to use. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's an addict's life or scheming how we going to get something. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I've always had to get the gap. So I always had some drugs some kind of way. But, I, you know, and my story is that I never sold my body. Mm-hmm. I, and believe it or not, I thought I had <laughs> I'm holding on to a little dignity. Right. Oh, I ain't doing all that. Oh, baby, I don't do that. You got the wrong chick. You know? <laughs> but I feel like in your in your case. I feel like you didn't have to because you was always surrounded by men that wanted to be there for you. In a I sense. did. I really was. Even when they didn't know that I was that bad off, you know, Chicago was bringing me dope every day. He mm-hmm. had no idea. You know, he just, you know, he was married. He's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went into the shoulders, did the seven days, came out. And I, and, and this is how cold the disease of addiction and how things happen. When I got out, my sister's ex-husband at the time was here in Houston and he was a full-blown addict, but she had, she was in denial. That's crazy. All his life. And she wouldn't, I couldn't stay with her because he was there. Mm. And girlfriend, Angela Corville, you know, God love her. Her husband is a devoted Jehovah witness. And they had two sons and Lance said, you come live with us. I slept on the floor in her boy's room. They were, mm-hmm. they were young. And I stayed with them nine months or so because I went to an outpatient program uh, called Choices. They don't have it anymore. And I went to, it was like school, eight to five. And you took different classes on your disease, on your behavior. I did acupuncture. And, and I stayed with Angela and her family for uh, probably about nine months. And, and, you know, how God works, I, you know, kept saying I got to get a job and I, I found a job that I could catch the bus to. It was a daycare. Mm-hmm. I started working at the daycare and then I needed a car. And Ebony, I was driving in a neighborhood and there was this car that had a for sale sign on it. And I knocked on doors until I found out who owned the car. And the lady opened the door and I asked her about her car and I was interested in it. She invited me in her house. I left with her car with no money. Mm-hmm. She let me take the car and I paid her for that car. And she became like a surrogate mom, mm-hmm. you know, 
And so I eventually got my own apartment because Lance would get up every morning before he went to work and read the word with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so my foundation was always there. And, and, and from that day to this one, like I said, I've never used and God has just continued to elevate me. Uh, through shout, my, out to, shout out to men like Lance. Cause what? Yeah, I, what a blessing. And when I said I was ready to move and get my own apartment, he's like, nope, you don't have to go. You mm-hmm. have to leave here. We're going to always be here. Stay here as long as you need. And I said, I, I, I got to go. It's time. And, you know, I, I, you know, when I think about what they did for me, giving me uh, the root of the tree, you know what I'm saying? They planted that tree so deep that it was nothing I wasn't willing to do to stay clean. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say I had my days of, you know, an addict's uh, uh, theme is bunk it. Mm. Forget it. Forget it. I'm just going. And, and there were days where I was like, oh, this is hard. But, I, you know, God allowed me to persevere and stay clean. And I'm grateful for all those people who invested in me. And mm-hmm. so my recovery day isn't for me. My clean date is for those who invested in me, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the only thing I can do to pay them back is to stay clean. Mm. See, people don't realize that. Right. They don't realize is that I, I can't, I can never repay them for their time, their energy, and their money and their love. I could never repay them. So how I repay all those people in my story is to stay clean. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. And also during this time, you were beginning to attend Narcotics Anonymous. So how influential was this program to your journey? I'm still in the program. I never stopped going. Mm-hmm. I go to a meeting. I would go to a meeting every day if I could. Mm. Because... I can go in the room and hate everybody and that so-and-so, so-and-so and bop, and everybody's just going to say, love you. Mm-hmm. See, that's, I can go in a, a room of people that are like me. They're like me. My sisters and my brother, they love me. Angela Corbett, they love me. All these people love me, but they don't know the first thing what I go through as a recovering addict, mm-hmm. as an addict, period. They don't know how my brain operates. Right. When I got clean, I sent pictures, sent uh, portions, portions of the book to people, to my family. I'm like, y'all don't know about me. Right. <laughs> y'all really don't know me. I'm crazy. You <laughs> <laughs> was a wild girl back in the day. Girl, <laughs> baby. That's why sister got to keep it in check. Right. My little brain will still think I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, one thing I realized, and I thought it was kind of, um, it kind of was very kind of sad, was how you said that how many people don't make it out of programs, mm-hmm. like they make it out the programs, but they don't, they don't survive because they relapse. Oh, I, it, I, uh, I was just with the gentleman that I date the other day, my boyfriend, and he, and he was like slim. You stay with a man, man. Girl, stay with. But he was just telling me about a gentleman friend of ours uh, with about 10 years that just relapsed. You know, and 
it doesn't, that's why I say this is disease does not discriminate. It does not care that I got 28 years because I can slip, man. I can start dating somebody or you, you know, you can't smoke weed and come up in my house. You ain't, mm-hmm. I don't want to smell it. I, that's yours. I ain't judging. Just don't bring it around me. Right. And we lose so many people. Some of my dearest, dearest, dearest friends, uh, Jackie, bless her heart, who I got clean and she took me under her wing. And uh, the disease had messed her up physically, like we talked about, organs and kidneys and had messed her up so bad that as she got clean, by the time we had 20 years clean, she was dead. Mm. You know, because the disease, some of us were... Some of, you know, some of the, us were cocaine addicts and some smoked and some shot and, you know, did needles and did this and did pills and all them foreign substances in your body. You know, I, I'm grateful that I am where I am. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Right. right. I, just, I just live day to day and just thank God for the day just for today. When I get to tomorrow, we'll be grateful for tomorrow. Right. But I got, I have to stay in the moment and allow God to manifest himself to, on this day. Right. An addict uh, need not die from the horrors of addiction. We don't have to die, but we do because somewhere along the line, it still doesn't click. Mm-hmm. It doesn't click. And also during this time, you met the father of your son and your ex-husband. Girl, bye. Yes, Lord. Uh, <laughs> but this is what this is what made me realize how young you were because at this time you was like thirty three, and I'm like, yo, you lived a long life, like yep, a long life. And so I met my son's father in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. Very handsome guy, and I'm sad to say right now he's still using. Oh, wow. So I have 28 years clean. Oh, man, that's we heartbreaking. Married when he was, and, and let me be honest, the only reason I married him is because I was scared my daddy was going to have a heart attack. Now, I was 30-something, but I was like, uh-uh, we got to get married, but my daddy going to die. Oh, Lord, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and we Because you was only, pregnant. Yeah, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And still had that respect, right? Uh, but we were only getting, this is this is how God worked. God brought him in my life. I got pregnant. He was amazing. Provider, everything. Dante was born. Three months later, he was gone. Mm. In that order. In the, it wasn't three to four months later, he was gone. And my sponsor made me realize that he was, he was not supposed to be in my life. God brought him so that I could have Dante because Dante kept me clean further, uh-huh. right? And, uh, and it did because, you know, I, I moved in with my sister. See, that's why I would tell you, you know, you can do anything. I moved in with my sister in a one-bedroom apartment, literally. And, and we, she potty trained Dante and we did all this and I went back to school and things kept progressing and I got my own place and da, da, da. And then years later, uh, my ex-husband had always been in the rooms, very distinguished and 
to this day, Terry probably has 34 plus years clean. And I had been seeing him because I kept saying, oh, that's a good, that's a good looking old man. And one day he asked me out. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, sure. And then he came back and said, well, can we go now? Because recovery have sober dances mm-hmm. on Saturday nights. There's always a sober dance you can go to, which sober dances keep a lot of us clean, right? Mm-hmm. Because we get to pretend we're hanging in the club. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you can't, when you're not ready. And I dated him and, and we we dated, I guess, girl, almost nine years before we got married. And oh, we, were, wow. we were nine years. And so we were we were together a total of about 15 years before we divorced. And we're still good friends now. Still Wait, good this friends. is a different marriage. Yes, this is marriage number two. Nah, listen, you really stay with a man. <laughs> yeah, girl. And the the amazing thing about Terry, and I and I try. Oh, I you didn't put the, you didn't put this in the book. No, I I didn't because I would have bashed him at the time because I'm still mad because <laughs> he cheated, right? But anyway, because oh. my yeah, see, because the businesses that I've always had always had me around people of wealth. Like, mm. and so he always, like, I used to do the credit for some of the rookie ball players. I would mm. repair their credit because, you know, they make them work on their finances and stuff. So he always assumed I was cheating. And if, and, and I think that hurt me more than anything because I swear to God, I never cheated. Mm. I never did. But he ended up cheating. And, you know, of course, Snooky came out and I was like, I'm going to burn the house down. So, you know, you better figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> but, the beauty about him is he adopted Dante right. like legally. See, like, I see what you did. Now I see how you wrote this book. Because what because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an avid reader, so it took me no time to read your book. What right. you did was you took bits and pieces of stories and you put them together. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. now I see where I'm in my mind, I'm visually seeing certain parts of the book. Yeah. At this time, when you wrote the book, you was with him for five years. Right. Exactly. And so I, when I wrote the book, again, you thought I you were slick. Girl, <laughs> I, I got some more stories for y'all. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I believe for me, a person in the process of recovery, there's always a story. Right. Because we're always in the process of change. Because I have to uh, maintain a ter- certain type of lifestyle and things that I do to stay clean. For you, you people, we call y'all normal, right? Because mm-hmm. I'll be somewhere and I'll go, oh, these normal folks kill me. <laughs> right. They think they normal and they crazy. Mm-hmm. Or I'll be somebody, be somewhere and I'll go, oh, these child, these folks need a meeting. Mm-hmm. They have nowhere to process their garbage. Mm. I can process my stuff 24-7. All I got to do is get on the NA hotline. All I got to do is call up another addict where two or more gather, then we're going to have a meeting. Right. Where y'all scared to tell anybody what's going on, so y'all stay crazy. Right. Because they want to pretend life is perfect. It's not. You screwed up. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of garbage going on. So mm. the program and the way I wrote the book I just wanted people to get bits and pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, number one. Mm-hmm. I 
really didn't. I didn't want to throw, had I wrote more by Terry, I'd have thrown that butt up under the bus. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. And so the girl who did most of the book, after I talked to her, she's like, we ain't finna do that. This ain't about him. We ain't throwing nobody under the bus. We're going to throw you under the bus. Right. Or the bus. I mean, what you, you know, did, you took full accountability for everything that you did because you didn't throw anybody underneath the bus in this book. I didn't want to. Mm-mm. I didn't want to. It wasn't a, a bashing book. You know, it was about this is what I did. I'm sorry. Let me just share some of my foolishness so maybe you won't, you can get rid of your foolishness. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we're not transparent, you know, how are we as so called Christians going to help somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I say that I love God and and I trust him, then I had to close my eyes because one of my girls, close girls said, feet. Now, you know, you can put this book out there. You know, everybody ain't going to be in your amen corner. Right. You need to get ready for some foolishness and what some folk going to say. Well, I ain't going to tell you what I said. I was <laughs> like, and okay. <laughs> what, what was the feedback that you received when you wrote this book? Because you didn't I, mention anybody. I never bad feedback. None. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that one of the most powerful things that happened to me was I went to New York to talk to uh, the Doctors Association in Rochester, New York. My sister, mm-hmm. one of them approached my sister and asked if I would come up and talk about the disease of addiction. Well, at the beginning of this seminar or conference, they had all these doctors come up and they talked about the brain and they talked about the disease and the person and da 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 these big old words and all this and most people know when I speak in front of people I wear my military boots I train in military boots I work mm-hmm. out in military boots my military boots are significant to me and I always speak in my boots why are they significant to you because that means that I've been in war. I've been in the battle. I've been in the battle. And now I can wear my boots with pride because I had to step through some stuff with my boots. My boots mean war to me. You know, and at this conference, I got up. My sister, you know, introduced me and she took this deep breath and said, well, I hope y'all ready for my little sister. She said she, you know, gave a bunch of accolades and what I've accomplished in the businesses that I've owned. And then she just took a deep breath and said, I hope you guys are ready. And so when I got up there, I said, I'm a great for covering dopamine. I'm not an addict because dopamine is a, a addict is a pretty word for a person like me. So I had to remind myself that I was a dopamine. I said, and I wouldn't let none of y'all treat me because I'm not a number. I'm not a statistics. I'm a human being. I'm a person with feelings. I'm a person with people in my family that love me, and yet you want to lump me with a whole bunch of different, a whole bunch of addicts in one room. We are not alike. And that's another misconception. That's right. I said about us alike is that we suffer from a disease where there is no known cure. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that is the same about us. I wasn't raped. I wasn't a prostitute. My daddy didn't beat me every night. I didn't get left in the closet. I came from a two-parent home. They both had good jobs. I was just a fucking idiot. Excuse my language. I was just an idiot. I was just an idiot. Oh, we, we about to really get to it now. Oh, Lord, excuse me, Jesus. I've been trying to hold my tongue. You know what's so funny? Yeah. Because like when I have women of your age that come to the show, I don't curse. I don't say the N-word. Right. Like, right. So then when, when y'all start like 
you know, getting comfortable and getting loose at the tongue. I'm like, oh, okay, then we can really pop off. <laughs> Try not to drop none, because they, girl, look, Ooh, I've been trying not to drop none of them bombs, right? But anyway, now you said, so no, Paul couldn't do nothing for me. I said, mm-hmm. let me tell you my story and where I come from. And maybe the next addict that comes in your office, you might really be able to help them. And quit trying to get funding for a whole bunch of people and lumping us together. Mm. You know, Do you and, think that's going to ever change? Nope. Nope. I, I, mm. don't, I don't like the way. No, let me just say no. Just because we are. It's, the, the disease of addiction is so is just getting crazier and crazier. The drugs that our babies are using are getting more and more far-fetched. Mm. The, the, the aftermath is getting worse and worse, right? And they're pouring money in some of these communities and facilities for treatment, but yet people can't find treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, I get calls all the time. I've been trying to get my son in the program and I've been and I'll make phone calls and I'll call some friends that work some places and see what happened. But it's almost like, you know, they're not they're, the door. There's not enough places for people mm-hmm. and the money flowing. The money is flowing for addiction. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. It's not in our community. Put it like that. It's not in the opioid um, addiction. That little whole epidemic is crazy. That's why when I did my TED talk, that's what mm-hmm. I talked about. The mm-hmm. statistics about uh, around the opiate addiction. It's insane. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I talked about the statistics for obesity, which mm-hmm. is a disease. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all these, and I just said this to a little girl the other day, I said, you holy rollers kill me. Mm. See, y'all up in the church house praising the Lord, but y'all jump over uh, gluttony. Mm-hmm. Like gluttony, hello, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. But you in the church, you know, God forbid, excuse me, Lord, four, five hundred pounds, tamarining, but the girl that come in the door with the short dress, everybody got something to say. Yeah. So, but, so your disease got you uh, eating all night long at 300 pounds, but that child who walked in the door that just don't know no better right now, you know, you want to talk about why her skirt's so short. Mm-hmm. See, we, we got our signals crossed somewhere because mm-hmm. a disease is a disease is a disease. I don't care what age, what it is, one is no better or worse than the other. Right. It's no better or no worse. So for me, I, I just try to treat people the way I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I could do with my disease thinking because I'm screwed up too. Right. Well, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's get into these businesses because I was even more just inspired by how you were so successful and you literally figure it out. So your first company was a credit company. Uh-huh. And, and I still had, have it, Personal yeah, so, Touch Plus. Mm-hmm. And what we did was one of the attorneys, I was in paralegal school, and he said to me, I'm going to teach you something. Because my son was a couple of months old, I believe. I'm going to teach you something where you'll never have to work again. Okay. I, I was like, yeah, whatever. Right? And he started teaching me about credit and how the credit bureaus worked and what they couldn't do and legally and da-da-da. And so I started having clients on Saturdays at another attorney's office. 
a client every hour. And then that grew to where I, I got my own office. And then I started doing bookkeeping accounting for small businesses. And then I hired a girl from the church. And then I went to the um, Texas School of Business and they sent me interns and I had a full staff. I did that for years, still do. People, I just don't advertise. And I, I made about $400,000 doing that. Wow. And I just kind of thought about some of the stuff that Big Money Hank taught me about treating people and finishing what you start and all that. And the only reason I closed it down because I started going through a divorce and I, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I God, Then at the same time I had Personal Touch Plus, my brother and my nephew were truck drivers and they wanted a trucking business. So I said, okay, well, let me go get some trucks. Mm-hmm. And I called... Uh, uh, Caucasian white guy that mm-hmm. I knew, and he taught me everything he knew about trucks and the rest I figured it out and so I got some lines of credit and my nephew was really good with you know buying trucks and fixing them so I got some trucks so mm-hmm. I ran that for about a year until the money was so good they quit coming to work so I called my daddy and my daddy says sell it sell everything get rid of it mm-hmm. and smart enough <laughs> I met the son of uh, Russell Brewstring, an attorney. He's mm-hmm. the son of the founder of Consumer uh, uh, Consumer Credit Counseling. Mm-hmm. And he said, take all the money out, put everything up under your mattress, and we're going to file bankruptcy. Mm. And you're going to be fine. And he said to me, because that's how we do stuff. The mother folk. Right. But, right. 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 I'm following you. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. And I said, okay. And I did that and I haven't looked back. Then, so I did that and then Personal Touch Plus started filtering. And, and the funny thing is that, uh, to go back a little bit, John Mitchell, who started training me before I had my own office, he took a part of his gym and put a wall up and I repaired credit in his gym. And the guys would not leave until I was through with my clients. Mm. And then he said, come on, let's get you another office. And that's how that grew so big. And it was really big. Uh, I did a lot of working with the SBA, helping a lot of loans, things like that. And from there, I, you know, I downsized the office. You know, my son was getting older. Things were changing. Life was changing for me. And uh, then I started working out. And then that's how I got into fitness mm-hmm. because like I I stopped my cycle and, you know, Jay walks me through that and, and I start looking kind of cute. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of fine. Okay. You know? And he said, we need to do, we started powerlifting. I started doing powerlifting in my mid-40s. And I still hold a couple of state records, three or four state records for that. Excuse me. And um, from powerlifting, he said, we need to go ahead and do your first uh, bodybuilding show. Mm. And I've done about... 20, I've won about 26 shows. Wow. Uh, I've got only two second place, the rest of them first place. Uh, it's, you know, places, trophies. Mm-hmm. And then I take other girls to the stage. I've probably taken about mm, 10, 12. Never lost a show. Okay. Uh, I'm doing my own show again, July 22nd called Transformation 2021. We did it last year where you have to lose up to and over 20 pounds to be in my show. We've got 31 women in the show. And uh, I'm doing my last show 
in St. Louis, where I'm from, and I did it before uh, a couple of years ago uh, this September, and I'm taking about I'm taking four women with me that will be competing and about 20 people uh, to spectate. And so I've been really blessed because I'm not afraid. I also have a nonprofit. I got two nonprofits, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact. Uh, yes, so you have pink, two. Yeah, the Pink Room and the Institute of Credit Education. Uh, and so I'm not, I'm one of those people that I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid. You can't scare me. Heck, it ain't nothing I ain't done. Hell. So right. you can't, you can't, I can't do anything, but it not work and I don't do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I might look up and the shit work. I right. just might, you know? And so I'll lay down and think of stuff. And that's my problem. My brain doesn't cut off. You know, Jay said to me yesterday, dude, you're going to be 60. We got to figure something out. I said, you need to figure out shit for me. I'm fine. Oh, excuse me. You need to figure out shit for me. You can't keep doing I said, boy, let me tell you something. I'm straight. I'm good. You know, when I get tired, I know how to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Do you get mom, tired? No. Right. I don't think you, I, I didn't get that from you. I, I don't. But when I do, I know how to go lay down. Right. I know how to shut everybody off for two or three days and watch some TV. Mm-hmm. I know how to leave town. I know. And that's why I tell people, I know when to cut it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I too am praying and saying, God, what do you want me to do when I turn 60? Okay, what do I want to do? We're going to figure it out. But I, I, I know how last week uh, one of my girls two years ago lost 66 pounds. Mm. Maybe Sean been gone three years. And that three-year period Sean picked up a hundred and something pounds. Mm. Maybe 150 pounds. And she had been texting me over the weeks, texting me over the weeks, texting me over the weeks. And I kept saying, baby, everybody know the pink room doors never closed. I don't care what's going on. We're going to figure out the money. Just get here. Right. We started last week. This week, we weighed her Monday. She was down eight pounds in one week. Mm. And we were in the kitchen area that we have. And I began to cry. And she was like, no, coach, don't cry because I'm going to cry. And she said to me, I kept saying, if I could just get home to feed, if I could just get home to the pig room, if I could just go back to coach, I know she's going to take care of me. I know this weight's going to come off. If I could just get home. Mm. We are standing there crying so bad because that that wasn't me that did that that's the god that's what god gave me right for her and i do one girl called and she got no money and i know what she's going through i was like just be here in the morning at five o'clock just get here in the morning i i, I we'll figure it out just get here at five o'clock you do marketing do some marketing just get here because i'm not losing nobody on my watch mm. you're not going to die on my watch you're just not going to do it and so it's not work. It's a ministry. Mm. It's a ministry. It's not work. It's me pouring into you what somebody poured into me. Right. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. They didn't let me die. So I'm not going to let you die. Mm-hmm. So just get here. And so that's why what I do is so important. And everybody that walks in my gym knows I'm recovering at it. Well, you share your story with others, and I know you don't have any regrets now because mm-hmm. you made peace with a lot of things, but 
So I'm pretty sure when you share your story, a lot of people are inspired. So does that make the regrets that you did have a lot easier to live with? Yep, because I I I I put it like this: I died so that they can live. Right. That's how I feel. That, that's how I feel when I share my story, and somebody gets it, or I get a phone call, or because I I always uh, uh, use it in the context of food. My mm-hmm. drug and different than you you eating. Mm-hmm. Right. My drugs almost killed me. The food finna kill you. Right. So when I put it like that, they can get it. But I don't have any regrets. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I would change anything. The only thing I would change is I would probably have done different with my mom. That's what but I was thinking too. That's the only thing. But I wasn't supposed to do different. Ev. I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be just like that. Right. So if I sat around and thought about, you know, what I could have done different and everything, I'd run myself crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's not worth it to me to to do what ifs. What ifs don't exist because the shit's already done. Right. The milk's already filled. Right. I'd already done all the foolishness. What the word? Come on. What if? What if? What hell? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like we're here now. I've done that, baby. Oh, well, oops. <laughs> How important was it to apologize to your younger self? Ooh, that was that was hard, man. Yeah. That, I sat in my car and I cried and I cried and I cried and I, you know, and and I think the I can remember me saying, I just didn't know better. You do, when you know better, you do better. Right. And Believe it or not, being raised in that environment, I thought everybody got high. Mm-hmm. I thought this was just, you know. It was I, normal. It was normal. That's why I'm like, dude, don't everybody do this? Right. So, but uh, I did. I needed to tell her that I was sorry that she had to endure what she had to endure. But it was just what God wanted. And I don't know if I could have stopped it if I wanted to, because you know when God wants something for you, oh, he'll make it happen. It's just gonna happen the way he wanted to happen, right? Oh, so I, but yeah, I, I at least said to her, "Look at her, chick. We here now. I brought us through with God's help. I know we had to go through some stuff, but I know that we are stronger because of it, and I know that we've made an impact on this world." Mm-hmm because of of what we went through you know and uh, i I, and i told her i wouldn't change it you know i'm sorry but i just would do it again Mm. yeah so that was deep for me (laughs) yeah it was deep for me reading too because i feel like a lot of times we question a lot of things until we truly forgive but we also have to Mm -hmm. forgive our younger apologize to our younger self in order for us to heal yeah i did a uh one man i did a uh, from Recovery to Discovery, My Journey to Addiction, One Man Show at the Max Theater here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we took the book and I did excerpts. I just acted out every chapter, right? Mm-hmm. And it was me and I changed clothes through it. And when I came out, I had gold jewelry on to reflect big money hand here. And I said, sorry to myself. And that was hard. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. That was that doing that, and it was a sold out show. And from that, they put it on Amazon as a movie. I, I can send you that. 
Um, yeah, send me but, that. Yeah, uh, one of our friends produced it. He mm -hmm. interviewed all my siblings and friends, and and they made it on. It went on Amazon for about two years. Uh, just came down, but yeah, I sent it to you. And that show was hard. And then when they asked me to do the TED Talk, see, I, I'm a speaker that I, I've never written a speech. Mm -hmm. I, God won't let me write a speech. Uh, my sister said, never write a speech because it's not authentic. Mm -hmm. Because that's not how you do. Like one time I tried to do a speak on stage without my boots. And the girl said, everybody, you know, she wanted everybody to wear, uh, wear pantsuits. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Because I usually have my boots on, my workout pants, and a cute look, you know. And that girl said, wear that suit. And I got up there to speak. And I was so thrown off that one of my trainers was with me, went to my car and went and got my boots. Mm. And I, and when I came back, she put them on the stage and walked off. And I said, hold on, y'all, let me put my boots on because this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I said, okay, now let's get down to this. You know, because I wasn't myself. But anyway, uh, you know, I so you got to know yourself. You got to mm -hmm. know what makes you and so when I did the TED talk and those people told me I had this much time and I had to do this girl I wanted to use I was so <laughs> I, said, I was like I can't do this so my ghostwriter who helped me write the book I, I I gave her some bullet points and we counted and she sent it back and then I took all that shit off and I rewrote it and I did the day up there right like I really did you did, did. You did. <laughs> so, and I amazed me, but I said, it'll never freaking happen again. <laughs> so, and I remember one of the, uh, one of the Houston's really, you know, well-known pastor's wife was in this show with me and she was angry because they kept me for last. Mm. And they said, we saved the best for last. I can remember them saying that. And when I ended, she, the woman, the moderator said, told you, you know, and this woman was, this pastor's wife was so angry. To this day, this woman don't speak to me. Mm. I, you know, in her mind, I outdid her. And I'm like, dude, I'm up here trying to make it. I'm faking it till I make it. You know, y'all right. write speeches all day long with that people writing speeches for y'all. I'm like, you know, but I memorized that. And I was, I think that was probably in my recovery one of the personal proudest moments for me. Mm. I never memorized anything. I've always got up there and God go, blah, 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 blah. you know, because when I did the one woman show, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to say. I, all I had was a girl down front and she told me what the chapter name was. That was it. Mm. Kept a sign up. So for each chapter, she changed it. So as long as I know my topic, I'm good. Right. I do, I just, he shows up and shows out for me, you know, and I've been really blessed to be on a lot of talk shows and do a lot of things and, and speak here and speak there. And I've never, and they'd be like, here's a mic. Oh, I got a big mouth. I don't even need this mic. That's <laughs> 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 real serious right now, you know? Right. No fiends in here, you know? <laughs> right. You really want to talk about it. Yeah, so yeah, that was my proudest. You know, of course, I've done a lot of things, my child and all that, but doing that TED talk, memorizing that, 
was probably one of the things I'll never forget. If it's one thing that you want listeners to receive from your story, what would that be? Uh, to be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Your authentic self. And don't be afraid to fall. Don't be afraid to try. Because God is a loving and forgiving God. And right. whatever you're going through right now, suffering in your Si- suffering in silence from whatever your disease is. Mm-hmm. Right? He can't help you unless you surrender. The first steps in Narcotics Anonymous says that I am powerless over my disease and my life has become unmanageable. Mm-hmm. I always say for people to say I am powerless over people, places, and things and my life is unmanageable. So I want them to know is that it is never over until it's over. Mm-hmm. it's never over until it's over and, and to not be afraid just don't be afraid to fail because every mm-hmm. time you fall you can dust yourself up and go well shit that hurt yeah. <laughs> let me get back up yeah don't be afraid and before we leave yes <laughs> so I know you're not going to say the name but I know that you was dating professional basketball players so whatever happened to them Girl, uh, basketball and football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball was it. I, I um, mm. <laughs> so what happened was one of the St. Louis Cardinals and I had this world fling. Uh, and re- he has reached out to me recently, which is so mm-hmm. fun. And I'm like, oh, hell no, no. <laughs> but yeah, and, and the thing about me is, is that I'm in the news a lot and I'm in the newspaper so people see me mm-hmm. and they still reach out to me. But uh, they are around. Some of them I used to get loaded with, you know, but this particular guy, I often wondered, if I hadn't been high, because he never knew I got high, what would have happened to us? But we're friends. Mm. We're friends. He's retired, uh, does very well. But yeah, they're around, girl. That's why I'd be like, don't take my pizza. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 well, they're around, girl. They're around. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. I feel like this episode was just so amazing, so inspirational. Hopefully, one day we can meet each other soon. Absolutely. I, I, I definitely it. I definitely want to include you in some things I'm working on because I feel like a lot of people can definitely be inspired by your story. Please do. I would love to. You better make sure you call me, girl. I will. I will. I will. I'm going to be contacting up on you. And we are one of one. I knew you was a, a Aquarius or something or a Capricorn. Girl, now you know we joined at the hip. Now you can't get rid of me. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, if y'all have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything from my guests, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone, later. Bye. <laughs> Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. 
Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.